We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. It is our Thursday night. Start, sit, show, Dave. And I think, hey, I think we got some audio stuff figured out this week. Can you hear me okay, bud? Yeah, I can hear you. Hopefully everybody can hear me and they're not hearing multiple me's and uh, everything will go along, you know, according to plan. Yeah, we, we've got it. We got it figured out tonight. So this, this will be great. We're going to go through some of the Rotoviz game level similarity projections for week three. Um, And, and after, you know, we've rounded up a couple of the, the standouts and a couple of the sleepers. Uh, we're going to get to some start, sit questions in the chat. So start dumping those in there. Give Dave and I about five minutes to go over some high-end projections here. And then we're going to start answering the start, sit questions. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and get our tool loaded here. Why don't you run us through some of the high-end quarterbacks and then highlight a couple streamers for week three, if you will. We already know you know Bryce Young's going to be out. We've got a couple guys. You know Joe Burrow's going to be out we might need to find a couple sneaky plays uh, for the listeners. Sure. So unsurprisingly, you know, your top five, it's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, a couple of players sneaking in here into the top 12 that listeners might not be expecting. You do have Russell Wilson, Jordan Love, and Brock Purdy, followed by Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins. Now, if I look at... uh, high-end projections here, if you will, of players with a uh, high percentage of their matches going over 25 points. You do have Brock Purdy getting to 17%, Jordan Love at 15 Russell Wilson at 14 followed by Sam Howell and Gardner Minshew. So if you're really shooting for some ceiling there, that might be one way to do it. Also, if we look at 75th percentile projections here, so some high-end outcomes you see that same cast of characters that I mentioned sneaking their way in with some of these guys we generally see more towards the top. Uh, Derek Carr, who I did not mention, does come in at 14 in terms of the ceiling or 75th percentile projection. <clears throat> so it looks right, Dave, like, while, you're, yep. while you're on the, uh, the quarterback tab there, we actually do have um, one quarterback question that's come in already. Uh, Francis wants to know, should he start... Daniel Jones tonight, 
I mean, so th- we got Thursday night uh, against San Francisco or Sam Howell. Now Sam Howell's going to be playing, you know, Buffalo. I'd like to look at the game level similarity projections first. Let's go head to head. It looks like you're dialing that up. And then we can also get into the Stat Explorer matchup analysis a little bit. But this is a pair of kind of difficult matchups. So I'm curious to see uh, what the tool you've got pulled up there is going to show us. So you've got a, a slight favor here to Howell. Again, what you want to see is as you make your way to the right on this graphic, the bars for the particular player be higher uh, so we can see between 15 and 20, there's an advantage to Howell. Jones does have in between 20 and 25, but in that real high and upside greater than 25, Howell takes the advantage. Uh, obviously, Curtis, we saw Daniel Jones and the Giants offense recover last week, failed to score through six quarters. Jones ends up going for 321 yards. However, though, Sam Howell has been exciting. We do like that offense there in Washington. Uh, why don't you, though, take us over now to what you're looking at as far as the matchups go in the Stat Explorer? Yeah, and, and the Stat Explorer takes the past uh, five matchups, so it's actually bridging to last season. So yep. we do need to keep you know that in mind. Uh, but let's take a look here at uh, what we've got first is Daniel Jones pulled up. And when you go to this tool, you can actually see quarterbacks against San Francisco last five regular season games. We're going to really key in on weeks one and two uh, because that's what's relevant here. Now, you got to take this with a grain of salt because they played Kenny Pickett and Matthew Stafford. Now, Kenny Pickett has been, you know, very underwhelming um, this season so far. Stafford, you know, less so. Uh, He's getting it done a little bit. What you'll notice here is that if San Francisco allowed uh, the third most expected points uh, of the week to Kenny Pickett in week one and the 11th most uh, to Stafford in week two. Now, neither one of those quarterbacks ended up converting. Um, They were, both of them were bottom four uh, quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points over expectation in those matchups, but the opportunity was there. And you actually see number one and number two down here in passing attempts rank Uh, allowed 46 passing attempts or greater in each of those two matchups. So what that tells me is, you know, Hey, we haven't seen the success from the opposing quarterbacks yet, but we know the opportunity is going to be there against the 49ers. So that's, that's the first thing that we'll get to. Let's dial up Sam Howell and see how it looks against the bills. You know, they have been very difficult uh, so far for opposing QBs as well. You can see, you know, the, the, the stark difference here is that uh, they, they've allowed kind of just median efficiency, but the expected points very low, the passing attempts very low. Now they played uh, the Jets um, and they played uh, the Raiders. So lower end quarterbacks, even then, you know, probably what the lower in pace too played. on those two teams, in the, given the context yeah, lower of those games. Pace, I think that's definitely the clear thing. So, I mean, this is a really tough one because I like Sam Howell, but I think I'm going to go Daniel Jones um, in this very tough uh, head-to-head. Dave, where would you go? And then we've got some more questions coming in. Sure. This one is is a very tough one. The one thing that I would point out here is that Sam Howell, uh, his matches in the GLSP scored uh, 0.6 touchdowns more on average passing touchdowns than Jones. Uh, it is a bit of a toss-up when you look at the defenses, though. I, I think that, unfortunately, we're going to have to split this down the middle here, and I would say oh, that what? I would go with Howell and how confident I am there. I would give like a 58% uh, nod to Howell, leaving you know a little bit of room there for Jones. How about you? 
Let, let me qualify my answer further. I think Sands, Saquon Barkley, the Giants offense is going to look just a little different. I don't know how much success. I mean, I guess you have Matt Breida revenge game. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, right. Several years after the fact. Yeah. I think Daniel Jones is going to have to run around a little bit. Um, and, you know, I think if they're going to stay in this game at all, um, you know, it's going to be on, you know, it, it, it's going to go through him. You know, the, the, the commanders have had some success getting Brian Robinson um, going there a little bit. So that, that, that makes it lean just 10% the other way. So I guess we're going to find out, you know, which argument Francis likes more. We did split that down the middle, but you can see how the tools, um, you know, could help you make a decision there. Um, let's head over to running backs and wide receivers here. Let's take about three minutes and hit the high end guys there. And then we've got some flex questions coming in after you uh, take us through some of the top projected players at those positions, Dave. Sure. So you got Tony Pollard, Christian McCaffrey, no surprise there. Raheem Mostert on the heels of a very nice game, finds his way into the third spot here. Derek Henry, if Austin Eckler were to play, he would have a pretty, uh, you know, nice outlook here. So maybe that speaks some to what you could expect from Josh Kelly. James Conner might come as a bit of a surprise, followed by Travis Etienne. You do see Najee Harris towards the top. And Jarek uh, McKinnon, Miles Sanders might be a couple of other surprising names. Now, of course, keep in mind that you do have games from last year seeding into this. One of the reasons why you see Jarek McKinnon where he is has not contributed too much at this point to the Chiefs offense. Of course, you know, that could change very quickly. Uh, if you are looking for some other guys, uh, you know, maybe a bit down the leaderboard here that might make for interesting streams or not streams, I should say flex plays, does like things for Rashad White, uh, Samaj Pirine with a pretty decent outlook. You know, Latavius Murray, we joked about him last season, but it's amazing, Curtis. In 2023, he's still showing up in the top 30 of the GLSP running back rankings for a given week. Uh, I'm going to flip over here quickly to wide receiver. Shouldn't come as a surprise here. You got Justin Jefferson, Devonta Smith, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams toward the top of the board here. Tyler Lockett sneaking his way in. I want to call out here Jordan Addison finding his way into the top 12 here, looking like a wide receiver Love one. It, man. Love to see it. Yep. Also, it's an interesting matchup for Minnesota this week. I was working on uh, that matchup last night for my passing game article a noted yeah. that, uh, you know, it might look like a kind of difficult matchup uh, depending on some of the metrics you look at, but I like this spot for Addison. We do see Drake London and Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas making their way onto the first page. Some other guys that you might be interested in, Nico Collins coming in at 18 in average projections. You do get a pretty decent outlook for KJ Osborne, uh, but from what I know from working on the matchup article, I wouldn't force him in unless absolutely needed. Uh, mm. And if we get past, uh, you know, 31 other guys, it does like Isaiah Hodgins. You have Tank Dell scoring nicely this week, Rashid Shahid, and uh, Nelson Aguilar actually sneaking in here at wide receiver 45. Oh, baby. Nelson Aguilar. Uh, okay. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's a good, there's some good names there. It's fun to see some of um you know kind of the lower end breakout players getting tank dell in there getting shaheed in there some of the other rookies we love to see it we do have a question that's going to pit a flex matchup uh and it's full ppr 
um, but with a, a 0.25 points per carry. So we'll have to do a little bit of napkin math here, Dave. If you want to flip over to the flex uh, tab there, let's check out Rashad White versus Michael Pittman. And yep. this is coming from Mike Gonzalez here. Yep. And I, by the way, I love the, uh, is that Al Bundy in the uh, graphic there for him? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it is. So, um, <laughs> so let's look at just PPR. Dude, super and then, and then tight and yeah. half PPR, yeah. super tight. Look at that. 5.2 versus 6.1, 9.4 versus 9, then 12.4 versus 12.8. For those of you listening to this, those were the uh, low, median, and high uh, projections there. Okay, so what we need to do here, it looks like the median uh, PPR, uh, Rashad White, is trailing by a point and a half. Let's focus in just on his projection and see how many carries he's got. Uh, because if, if he's projected for more than six carries, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bump him up above... Pittman here from a projection standpoint. You got nine attempts there. Okay, so that's going to put him above. Uh, that's going to put him above Pittman. Let's check out the Stat Explorer uh, matchup tool here as well and see what it's got to say. Yeah, we'll so start with their shot. Right? This is this is an interesting one too, especially because we don't fully know what's going to happen at the quarterback position here for Indy. Interestingly, though. Both quarterbacks I think when they were in the too. offense. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, you're, you're right. I think that does add a little bit. But, I mean, Pittman's looked okay Yeah. Um, with each of them. Yep. All right. So, now when we get into, you know, when we're not looking at 50 samples like we are with the game level similarity, we just look at what's happened the last two weeks um, against Philadelphia. I mean, it hasn't been the kindest situation uh, for, for running backs. Now, as a team... You know, as a team, the Patriots got it done. And, you know, Ramondre got to a 14.9 number, 26.4 expected points against uh, the Eagles by the Patriots. When we look at the Vikings, now the Vikings have been putrid uh, from a backfield perspective. So we do have to take that, I think, into account here. But just 15.8 expected points there um, last week with the Vikings against the Eagles. So, you know, I, I think... You know, I think Tampa Bay, I, I would put a little bit more faith in their offense um, getting it done from a balanced perspective than I would from the Vikings. So I think this could resemble a little bit more like the Patriots situation. So, I, you know, I like the idea of going with Rashad White here based off what I'm seeing here. But let's just make sure that we're not missing something, you know, super simple with with Michael Pittman uh, and his matchup this week. So, the, the, you know, they're, they're a big dog against Baltimore. Baltimore has been giving up some big games. Uh, and they haven't faced, you know, in week one, they faced CJ Stroud, right? And his first uh, matchup ever, they gave up 14 PPR to Nico Collins. And they gave up a, that huge game to T Higgins in week two with the, with the two touchdowns. So uh, if I look at this, you know, they've allowed the second most and fifth most targets to opposing wide receivers over the first two weeks. Uh, top five receptions allowed to the position over the first uh, two weeks. Expected points, top four in both of those situations. Man, it really looks like people are attacking this Ravens uh, defense um, through the air. That's going to lean me. I think that's going to lean me to Pittman here over White, even despite the 0.25 PPC, Dave. Uh, how do you want to go? Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised to uh, end up here, but I would agree. I would start Pittman over Rashad White this week. All right, Mike, you got your answer, man. Thanks for the question. All right, Dave, now we're going back to the running back position. We've got Brees Hall 
or Kendra Miller. Who thought we would be here uh, just three weeks into the season? That's nuts. Um, but I actually you know, can't hey, even how, generate a GLSP for yeah. I can't even generate anything for Kendra Miller yet because we don't have. Oh, he hasn't played. We don't well, have take any data. Yeah. So let's take a look take a look at, at Reese. And- and, and I'll pull up um, Kendra here uh, sure. on my end um, and look at matchup. Yeah, so Brees Hall, uh, based upon his GLSP, you'd be looking at around 15 attempts, 72 yards. 70% of his matches did score a rushing touchdown. Not too much to speak of in terms of targets, just an average of two for 12 receiving yards. Fairly level distribution across all of the buckets that we look at. Uh, and in PPR, a median projection of 11.6, average of 13.7. Your 75th percentile would get you somewhere around 17.6. So, Curtis, break down what uh, uh, Miller is up against I, this week. I, I just wish that we could tell the tool that we've got, you know, that we've got Zach Wilson in there. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, because that's, you know, gr- granted, you know, some of those players had, you know, bad quarterbacks. Well, I guess going. at this point, though, right, the game's factoring into that for Brees uh, were once played with Wilson. So in that regard, it does have some of that context. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, so, so the saints, uh, are pulling the Packers and the Packers have been, you know, a nice situation for opposing running backs through the first two weeks you know, against the bears. Uh, they allowed the, the number one most expected points to the running back position and Roshan Johnson, put together a nice, uh, you know, a nice debut with five carries for 20 yards and a touchdown and six receptions, uh, 35 yards on those receptions, had 17.5 PPR um, of the 33.3 that Chicago put up at that position. And then then they played the Falcons last week. You know, so I guess the, some of the context here is that they played two teams that really want to attack uh, via the run. So, I mean, I think we have to keep that in mind. The Saints are, you know, a much more neutral team than either uh, the Falcons or the Bears, and they have had some success, you know, utilizing Olave and Shahid and, um, you know, but but at the same time, I mean, you know, they, I think they would like to get that ground game going. They're going to have Alvin Kamara coming back in week four. They may want to see what they have in Kendra Miller uh, in week three so they, you know, kind of understand how they're going to divvy up um, those opportunities the following week. So that's what I'm seeing for Kendra here. It looks like a pretty attractive matchup. And then in, in specifically, and you know, this would be interesting to see too. You know, they, they have allowed quite a few receptions to uh, the running back position. You know, I think that's context that we should um, keep in mind here, Dave. Let me pull up uh, Brees and his matchup uh, for the Jets this week as well. Um, you know, New England, this is a low game total. It is a home game. The Jets are going to be uh, dogs in this one. You know, that not terrible. Um, you know, I, I would assume. <laughs> You know, Bill Belichick and that team are famous for trying to take away your number one option. I mean, I don't know. Would they would they consider Garrett Wilson the number one threat? Or would they say, there's no way in heck the Jets are running on us. We'll take our chances that Zach Wilson can't get Wilson uh, Garrett Wilson the ball. I kind of tend to think it's the latter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. It's, it's tough, man. I, how can I say sit Brees Hall for Kendra Miller? Um, I think where I'm going to go here is if, if you're looking for a floor, I would still probably um, lean to Brees a little bit. I know that game got way out of hand and he barely touched the ball last week. We also know that there's some of the complaint narrative. And he said, you know, one reason that we lost, I only got four touches or whatever. You know, that seems like that press conference was a long time ago. Um, but if you're a big dog, you know, whatsoever, or your your gut just doesn't feel good about Brees, um, we can go Kendra here. I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. Where are you, Dave? I think that I would go with Brees. Uh, I think that if you, you know, run this a hundred times, you're going to get the better game from Brees a little bit higher of a rate than you are from Kendra. Yeah. It's it's the unknown factor. Um, We've got another question here. This is wide receiver. Now, Dave, we've got Zay flowers and Christian Kirk. Sure. So a couple of high level notes here before we even uh, start breaking down the GLSP, the passing game matchup Raider really likes flowers this week. Uh, has one of the most favorable outlooks among wide receivers. We've seen high volume for him. Two pretty solid games back to back. And then when you drill into the GLSP here, you're going to see that Flowers does have 5% of his matches going above 25 points. He has, you know, a, a fairly similar rate to Kirk in terms of players between 20 and 25. But where you see the big difference is uh, 27% of Flowers matches going between 10 to 15 points and just 16% for Christian Kirk. Uh, and a lot more downside in Christian Kirk's GLSP this week when compared to Flowers. So if you're operating off of the GLSP alone, you're going to favor Flowers here than Kirk. Well, it it, it doesn't change much uh, when I get into uh, the NFL Stat Explorer uh, matchup tool, Dave, because... The, the Colts have just been such a favorable matchup for, for opposing sure. wide receivers. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley went off for 24.1 in week one. Nico Collins torched them for 27.6 last week. 
uh, you know, I, this, this looks like a pretty clear runway that the Colts have allowed in astounding over 100 PPR points to wide receivers for well, two weeks. Get this, Curtis, it's, right? It's, it's crazy. If, I, I mean, I, yes. I'm not sure that I've seen this. 106.2 uh, or 100 and, uh, yeah, 106.2 PPR to wide receivers in just two games. Well, nuts. Get this, though, right? Um, if we look back uh, in the range of games that we have in the wide receiver cornerback matchup tool, um, fantasy relevant wide receivers based upon points per game would have been expected to score 184 points. They've actually allowed 225, meaning they've allowed opposing wide receivers to put up 122% of their points per game totals across recent games, which is pretty telling here uh, that, you know, you have pretty decent odds here of flowers, at least getting to his average, if not beating it. If we look at Christian Kirk's situation, um, you know, the Jags are, uh, you know, going to be heavy favorites here at home against Houston could be a game where, you know, maybe they have some success early and then need to ice it. I mean, literally the Colts have allowed double the PPR points to opposing wide receivers through two weeks that Houston has. I, to, to me, this is a, I know Kirk looked, you know, he was way more involved in week two, which is great. Uh, I think this week I go back to Zay flowers. I'm with you. We're in, we're in total alignment there. Yep. Okay. Let's go back to the quarterback position. We've got Daniel Jones, uh, who we've already looked at. You know, it's going to be a high volume situation, um, but questionable opponent tonight. But then Matthew Stafford, Dave, is the head to head matchup. So if you look at their distributions, what you're going to see here is that there is a bit of a favoring towards Stafford in the, um, the 15 to 20 bucket. But Jones, stronger in the 20 to 25 bucket, does have more of a downside. So this one's really interesting. Um, On an average basis here, Jones's matches coming up with around 16.1 on average. Stafford's 14.875th percentile projections favor Jones uh, as well as 50th percentile projections. So I think the GLSP here would have you lean toward Jones because the advantage for him, uh, you know, is pretty evident when you look towards the top end and across those different metrics that I just listed out. I think what does make this a touch more complicated is you could look at some of the potential, uh, you know, game narratives here, like we mentioned earlier with Saquon out and how the, how the giants might respond. Do you have a strong lean or you want to pop into some of the other tools here before we come up with a decision? No, I'm playing Stafford. I'm not, I'm he, the, the Rams offense is really humming. Yep. Uh, I think they're finding themselves. I, I, I mean, I, I get the rushing upside case that you have from Daniel Jones, but I mean, we saw what happened in week one. I mean, yep. the problem with Daniel Jones is you could get seven points tonight. Um, right. I'm just there. And I know, don't, yeah, I, the, the range, the range of outcomes is too great. You know, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't advise it. I'm going with Matthew Stafford here. Um, this, that is a tough one. It's a great question. Uh, we're going Stafford here. Yeah, I was on Stafford a, a, as well. All right. We now, okay. Now we've got a, a flex. We've got a, okay. Oh, this is an interesting one. We've got some wide receivers and a running, uh, or a wide receiver and a couple of running backs here. We've got Sky Moore, Tyler Algier, or Craig Reynolds. Um, and I understand, you know, big Craig, you know, maybe getting the carries for Montgomery and the Lions seem to kind of have this figured out and their roles really defined for PPR. I mean, before we even look at it, I just think, 
you know, with, with how Algier has been involved in that offense. And, uh, you know, I, I would find myself surprised if I was to go Reynolds here, but let's take a look at these players here in the tools first, Dave. Sure. So one quick thing I'm doing first is looking at the matchup rating tool for Scott Moore. It's a little bit below average, uh, from a difficulty perspective, given his matchup rating. Then if you compare Algier to Moore, uh, in the buckets that we look at, Algier has by far definitive advantage. What you yeah. see for more is that there's been a lot of players that have come out and just laid goose, goose eggs, which I think when you look at the way that the Chiefs uh, offense has been operating, seems very possible. There's still not a clear defined pecking order there. You have Kelsey back now. I would definitely prefer Algier here, and I think it's pretty evident when you look at the GLSP. I will pull up Craig Reynolds uh, as well, and I'm not sure what we really are going to have in there for useful data. So, it's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean that's, that's part of the situation, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so what I will say, um, man, you know, it's 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 pretty tricky when when you look at the running back. I mean, the, so two of these running backs are actually facing off, Dave. You know, we've got Detroit and Atlanta facing off here. Yeah. Um, Atlanta hasn't faced the strongest opposing rushing attacks, but they've also been pretty effective at shutting them down. Um, you know, ju just based off of what we know about these teams and how they're going to you know, prefer to, to move the ball. And if they're going to have success, what that's going to look like. I mean, I'm not going Craig Reynolds over Algier. To me, this is just Algier versus Sky Moore. Um, let me pull up Sky Moore and some of uh, his situational uh, matchups in in the stat explorer while you're looking for some Reynolds stuff here. Yeah, I mean, I will just say while well, you're pulling that up, that uh, you know, to me, this this is an Algier play here. I'm I'm fairly confident in that that is where I would lean. Um, you know, there are some unknowns there with Reynolds, which open up some ceiling, perhaps. But I think that the case that you can make for Reynolds for ceiling, you know, maybe you could make one, you know, that's equally as strong for Algier. All right, looks like he needs some real big points here. Uh, we we got some clarifying uh, commentary here in the in the chat. Um, so we're looking at ceiling. I mean, looking at what you've got pulled up here yep. with, I mean, that's pretty a, a pretty solid frequency. It looks like twenty two percent of sims for Algier higher than fifteen PPR. That's pretty good uh, for you know the number two in the committee. I'm looking at Sky Moore over here. I'm not going to share the screen, but I'm looking at the, the Chiefs and Bears matchup here. Chiefs are really heavy home favorites. This doesn't feel like a game where Pat Mahomes is going to need to sling it 50 times and, you know, r randomly dish out touchdowns to four different players. I would be kind of surprised if we get the breakout game from from Sky. Let's let's go with Algier uh, in, in a game that, you know, that the Falcons would really would like like to win here. Yep. We like it. Okay. Um, let's Dave, do you, uh, do you have any other players that you want to highlight? I'm not sure if we actually got into the tight end position. So why don't we do that? And then we're going to give a, a five minute warning here, uh, for the start sit in the chat. So if you're, if you're listening in, you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to ask my question or not, get it in there. We'll answer a couple more, but I do want to, I do want to make sure we hit tight end here uh, for anybody that's just more curious about the projections. Oh, sure. Yep. All right, and you caught me off guard there. I was making sure I had Brandon Ayuk out of my lineups. Quickly, quickly pulled that off. I, I know I'm looking at mine too. <laughs> I think I got uh, him everywhere. All right, uh, so you got at the top of the leaderboard for tight ends. You got Evan Ingram, George Kittle, T.J. Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz. I would put the disclaimer here that you still have Cowboys games driving that. 
So I would be a little hesitant mm. before I take that and mm. run with it. Hunter Henry, followed by Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard. Um, as far as players that are surprises, I don't know if you have too many other than Curtis. Guess who we see landing in this week as a tight end one? A name near and dear to my heart that is Dawson Knox. Uh, Dang it, Dave! I, it's gonna. They're, those are gonna be Kincaid's points. I don't want to. I you know, it's 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 fine. It's fine. Like yeah, Dawson Knox. The tools always love him. And, and hey, and we don't have anything against Dawson Knox. Those are gonna. Those are gonna be Kincaid's. Points, so <laughs> Jawan Johnson does come in at tight end fifteen. Hayden Hurst oh, getting okay. in at sixteen. Uh, but you know, we, we normally say this when you look at the GLSP for tight ends, uh, it's, it's rare that you get significant surprises from players because for tight ends, uh, the opportunity is really important. And generally what's going to shift guys up in a given week are touchdowns, but it's hard for any tool to project a lot of touchdowns without there being enough opportunity. So that that's kind of the rundown on tight ends this week. Yeah. One thing I would mention for tight ends and you mentioned Hayden Hurst there just to, to be aware of, we already know we're going to get Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. Um, this weekend there, it's a road game against Seattle, tough environment. Um, you know, I could see Dalton leaning heavily on, on Hurst and Thielen, you know, the, you know, the, the veteran guys there, um, not having quite as many reps, uh, with the starters as, as young throughout camp. So, um, that'll be interesting. And the Seahawks have allowed top six fantasy points of over expectation to tight ends, um, over the first two weeks. Um, so, you know, you can take note of that as well. Okay. Mike and M. Oh, Mike had a lot of questions last week. He's back. Uh, we must've done well with the picks last week. Okay. Or he's trying to do the opposite. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm just going to go against what the guys say. <laughs> okay. Uh, 14 team, two running back, two wide receiver, one flex Saquon's on IR who will have the better week to pick up now and trade next week. Oh, so he's looking to stash find the breakout yep, and then move. So the first thing that I think of when I'm thinking of stash, uh, you know, stash and move, especially in a 14 teamer, man, if you can find a running back, that's going to score points, that's always going to be, you know, that's just where people get desperate. Um, especially with the need to only start two wide receivers here, just looking at your list, um, and not even thinking necessarily about the matchups for this week. Uh, I saw that Derek Henry didn't, um, didn't practice today, Mike. And I see Tajay Spears on your list. It's, um, that's kind of interesting that he's not already rostered, but he's looked pretty good. And he's had uh, kind of a surprising uh, role th- through the first two weeks. That's the name that really sticks out to me if you're if you're specifically thinking of trading this player. But I also think he could be a player that, you know, hey, I mean, if Henry ends up getting ruled out or something for this week, you, know, you may even want to slot him into your lineup. Yeah, so from my perspective, this is a pretty tough one here. Um, And for most of these players, it's going to be hard to use the GLSP because they're all players uh, that you'd be banking on them kind of outplaying what we've seen from them in the past. That said, as I pointed out earlier, it does like Tank Dell. So if you were looking for somebody that you could reasonably expect to have a game that's going to position them for another team as a player that could be usable moving forward, you probably would have the best bet with Tank Dell here. Um, maybe you could try to look he's at Zay Jones, Reed, but he's got Reed in there too. We did see Jaden Reed, yep. you know, kind of break out a little bit last week. Point, so Curtis. you know, that's 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 kind of interesting too. I'm gonna just check that Packers uh 
matchup in the NFL I know stat the matchup Raider does not like their matchup Ooh. this week. Yeah, that, yeah, ne- neither does yeah, neither does the strength of schedule uh, app and the matchup tools in the NFL stat explorer. I mean, the Saints have been kind of brutal to opposing wide receivers here. So I think where I'm going to go here. I'm going to go Tajay Spe- or Tajay Spears. You you wrote Tajay, so I'm just reading what you wrote. I'm Ron Burgundy here, man. I'm just reading the teleprompter, <laughs> Mike. Uh, Tajay Spears, uh, and then Tank Dell, and I'm just giving the nod based off of the positional value, uh, perceived pers- positional value in a league like this with the starting lineup settings that you have. I'm going to go Spears, then Dell, and then I think Reed would be uh, my number three option there. Um, if you wanted to go with a running back in that um, next spot, it would be Justice Hill over Elijah Mitchell for me only because, I mean, we've seen, you know, the Niners have really basically only involved CMC. I expect on the short week for Mitchell to be a, a little bit more involved um, tonight than we've seen in the first two weeks just to make sure that they don't overburden CMC. But, you know, I think, you know, the Ravens opportunity that Hill has there, uh, you know, clearly outshadows what Mitchell would have available to him. So I'm going to go. For a breakout week, I'm going to go Spears, Dell, Hill would be my rankings. Do you? What would your top three here be, Dave? Yeah, I believe that I would have the same top as three as the top three as you, and probably in that order as well. To be honest. Okay. All right. Well, we hit it, man. Um, thanks for hanging out. That's 34 minutes straight of projections and start sit questions. Best of luck to everyone who has tuned in. We got to turn this thing off because we got Thursday night football starting, man. So uh, enjoy the games, everyone. And we'll be back next week with more start sit. What's up, Roto-Biz?